is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of WAP. This is Patrick C. Huerta. Uh, today, I am sitting down with uh, Mr. John Tuttle. Hey. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a, a local comedian. Uh, been keeping busy and all that stuff. Uh, last time I saw you, you were doing that. Uh, you were hosting that open mic over at Brick. Uh, that's a new thing, right? Yeah, that was actually the first one. Uh, from here on, it's going to be every first Wednesday of the month at 9 p.m. Yeah, it, it was a it was a fun first show. Typically, you have a first show and two people show up. No, it was a packed house. Yeah, and I, I had a... Luckily, at that place, they have curtains, so I could make it super intimate. I wanted to have the most sensual open mic in San Antonio. Yeah, and it looked like you were prepared for like nobody to show up. So like, <laughs> let me just make this box as small as I can, and then like you had to open the back curtains and stuff because there were so many people in there. Yeah, we, we had to... I, I didn't... I remember building it, like setting it all together, and I was like... Man, nobody's even going to sit in these back rows. We're just going to use, at most, it's going to be the four couches. And I had to open up the back curtains because we only had standing room left. Yeah. No, that was good. And then uh, even the people that showed up, I mean, it looked like they were on top of the game, too. Like, uh, you even had, like, that rapper that showed up, too, kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, I don't think that's, this is going to be good. Uh, but it was actually pretty good. The second song, he, he got rolling, and that was pretty fun. Yeah, it, it was. It's a it's a variety mic, I guess, just because of where who I am. Like, I inadvertently mainly plugged it to comedians because that's just the world I know. So it was predominantly comedy. But yeah, it, it's a variety mic, so we can have poets, uh, musicians. We even had a magician. This yeah, one. I saw that. Uh, that kind of like. That kind of shook me, too, because I don't like people putting stuff in their eyes or in their noses and stuff. But I was pretty impressed. It was still a good show. Yeah, he he was really good. But, yeah, I also am very similar. I kind of had to, like, turn my back a little bit. Did you know that guy, the the magician? No, I, I didn't. And there was about two minutes of when he signed up of... Like one, he was like, I, I split the the sign up on comedy, music, poetry, mm. and he's like, "Where do I sign up?" There's not a magic section. Well, it's like, yeah, fucking course, there's not a magic <laughs> section. Yeah, but it, it, it was like two minutes of like me really trying to process, like, oh, so you're gonna go up on stage and do magic? Yeah, and trying to figure out how to where that was gonna go because I, I like to. You know the music, the magic. I, I like to put those when I th- think the comedy's starting to wane down. Yeah, like kind of have a flow into it. You know. Yeah, because sometimes, and this is a big problem with comedy open mics in general, is it gets to a point where it just becomes noise. You, you stop even noticing the comedian on stage; it just becomes background noise. So throwing a musician, and in this case, a magician, sort of brings everybody's eyes back to the stage and also i mean the magician and the musicians get stage time too mm-hmm. i keep saying magicians like there was more than one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so was was that your first uh time like hosting or running an open mic like that uh i've host i used to there was a period of time where like i hosted all of the open mics at the improv comedy club in san antonio but i kind of stopped doing that and they don't even do an open mic anymore and i host 
a lot at the comedy clubs for like non-open mics for like like weeks like when a headliner comes into town but yeah this this was kind of my first time in a long time with my own show though like where it's kind of me and a venue who put it together because i don't really like booking shows Mm. that i i i fall way too much into the only booking my friends trap Mm mm-hmm and for that reason, I couldn't book a show. So an open mic is perfect for me in that situation. Yeah. Because I don't have to book, but I still get a host. Yeah. Uh, most of the open mics that I've seen or that I've noticed, I guess, because, I mean, I'm kind of new to, like, the comedy open mic scene. But they're 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 mostly, like, musician-based. You know? Yeah. Like, for a comedian, do you find it weird to go into a, a musician open mic and say, okay, here, here are my jokes? I I used to think it was weird, but I'm starting to have more fun with it. Uh, I've I feel like I have a lot more fun now at variety mics than I do comedy mics. There's there's something just about knowing that everybody in the audience is not a comic who's heard my set a hundred times, and also kind of like where I get to be the different one. Because typically at a comedy mic, it, like I said earlier, I just become another voice in that noise. But now bringing something unique, I kind of get to have fun. You know, I have because I'm a comedian, I can poke fun at other people's art, oh, but okay. they can't make a song about mine. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's weird? Like, do you ever get shit from like the like the musician open mics to say like you know play sing a song or something? Like, don't tell me your jokes. Do you ever get some some hecklers at those? I, I haven't ever got anybody like stop doing comedy and start doing music right now. But, you know, there's I think the thing that happens the most often and people can't see me uh because this is a podcast. I if you don't know what I look like, I look like the epitome of the term white boy. <laughs> so a lot of times I end up having to go after poems that are very like about <laughs> police brutality. Yeah. yeah. So that has to be rough. That has to be a rough trans- transition. It used to be. But just saying something simple like, hey, I'm the guy that last poem was about, <laughs> like wins the audience over. And I, I started having more fun with it. I, I There's even an open mic where I request for him to do poems like that before I go up. Because oh, I just okay. have so much fun trying to win the crowd back. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, well, let's go back. I forgot to even start that way. Like, how'd you get your start in comedy? Uh, so I have like a hundred different stories, but I think the the most fun one is I I had an ex girlfriend. It was it was my first girlfriend. Like I my first like long term relationship. And then we broke up. And so it was, like, new to me, like, breaking up with somebody. He's like, man, I need to make her jealous. And she started dating a SoundCloud rapper. And I was like, well, I'm not I'm not doing rap again. And <laughs> I, I got to figure out some way to prove that I'm better than this guy. I was like, well, I, I've always enjoyed stand-up comedy. I'll just do stand-up comedy, and I'll go up on stage and tell everybody how much of a terrible person she is mm. not n- barely i think i ex- i have one joke that inadvertently involves her mm. but 
yeah, it, it was. I got I got into my comedy for the shallow reason of trying to make somebody jealous, <laughs> but in a way that feels like the most pure way to get into comedy. Yeah. You shouldn't get into comedy because life is good. Yeah, <laughs> because you you only feel great emotions and you want to show the world how pure you are. Mm-hmm. You you need to get into comedy because you know that you're fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. So uh is that still what drives you now or now you just like you found something else to to motivate you? Now it just kind of feels like a minute like I I don't care honestly about anything involving comedy and relationships. It's more just like I've been doing this long enough and dedicated long enough or I guess not doing it long enough, but I I, I feel that dedication of like now I'm at the point where it's like I want to keep doing this until I'm the best at it. Like this is, I'm doubling down on this because it, you know, it's like winning at a sport. Like it feels so good when it goes right. Mm Mm-hmm. So and have you noticed? It, you said you've been doing it for two years. Yeah, two years. And have you noticed like the progressions, like like from where you started to now? Like you're you're more confident. Your your jokes are more funny. However, you like, do you notice that stuff? Yeah, I've I've noticed that. You know, it used to be when I started, like write down twelve jokes, one maybe works, and now I'm at a point where. Maybe I'm not writing down as much, but I can kind of already tell when I write something down if it's going to work or not. Uh, also, it's I, I do a lot of stuff through the, the comedy clubs, and the comedy clubs are a bit weird because it's the closest thing I've seen to, in like any form of art, of like adding order, where you kind of, in comedy... For the most part, at least at the beginning, it it sort of shows you like the the club is sort of this like overseer to the entire like scene, and they're like, "This is your placement now. You're either open mic, you're either can do showcases, host showcases, host weeks, feature, and then not really headliner. Once you get to the headliner point, you should be in a different city." Like New York or LA, is that one of your plans to get to the big cities? Yeah, it it is, but I I know I'm not there yet. Uh, I I kind of want to establish myself here and then make everybody miss me when I leave. But you you said you have done the road, like you've done uh, tours and, and road shows. Uh, you know, what other places have you been besides San Antonio? Uh, I did a string of shows with this one comedian who used to live here, Alex Ansel, and we went from San Antonio to Abilene to New Mexico and then to Vegas. And then we were in Vegas for a week. So, yeah, it it, it was... I don't feel confident saying it was a tour as much as it's just like a mini tour or a string of shows, but still got to go out and see what comedy is like in other places. New Mexico... Really easy place to make people laugh. Really? Yeah, I think they need it. Where about in New Mexico did y'all go? Alamogordo. Oh, yeah. No idea where that is. I've been to Roswell. I have a buddy that lived in Roswell, and uh, we, we did Albuquerque too. 
I always thought it was kind of weird, but we were we were touring it as a band, so I was dealing with like rock people and stuff. Yeah, but like, so what what kind of examples do you have? Like, how was it there that different than here? They they they're a lot more forgiving, and and this is kind of a, a small town thing compared to a big city thing, where where you're in like a big city like San Antonio or whatnot, people have options, so they can kind of feel when they don't think they're getting their money's worth. But in Alamogordo, New Mexico, they're just thankful you're there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, and then you did a week in Vegas? We did uh, We did some shows in Vegas. Those were more like... They, they were guest spots, but they were at established places. Like we performed that's stratosphere hotel kool-aid actually lives in vegas so he actually got like real work but (laughs) stratosphere uh casino d casino so but vegas vegas was fun that's where i learned i have a problem with gambling oh yeah yeah i never really learned that here (laughs) well yeah vegas will probably be the place you'll learn it rather than san antonio yeah exactly so that's that's cool was it were the crowds crazy in, in vegas they Kind of. Vegas, you know, everybody's a little bit tipsy. Everybody's a little bit drunk. But also at the same time, the people at the shows are the people that are so sad with how much money they just lost. Yeah. So their head's kind of somewhere else also. Yeah. Yeah, last time I was in Vegas, uh, I was maybe drunk and hungover three times within 24 (laughs) hours, you know. Um, But it was fun. Me and my wife want to go back. And do that same thing, you know, get drunk, spend some money, be hungover, get drunk. Uh, but, yeah, I would always think, like, the crowds, especially with, with comedy, like, the crowds would be rough. Like, just Vegas just seems rough to me, you know? It's kind of. They, like I said, they, they have a bit of alcohol in their system, which is always good for comedy. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you kind of get this weird thing about Vegas where Vegas might al- almost be one of the best places to check to see how universal your comedy is because you don't have any locals. You have this, this hodgepodge of people from everywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So if you, if you can kill in Vegas, then it's like, well, in a way, you've also killed in Montana, Louisiana, New York, and <laughs> Arkansas at the same time. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Uh, well, that's cool, man. How do you... well? You mentioned how how you write. Like, how do you get into that? Do you write every little thing, or do you just go open open mics and just spit out ideas that you had, or do you like how? What's your writing process? It, it used to be like something comes to mind. I had I had a notebook. I'd write out the full joke. I'd edit, and I wish I still did that because that's sort of the the proper professional way to do it. But I'm just too lazy with it. Then now I just have a, a giant thing of notes in my phone where I just put three words kind of relating to the joke and hope I'll remember it. And they all just kind of sound like shitty band names. <laughs> uh, I have a truck or woman. I don't know exactly what that means. but Actually, that's a really good band name. Exactly. Google Caveman. Not such a good band name, eh. no. Pokemon strippers. 
I like. I want to see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, there, there was one that I thought would be a really great like grindcore band name. <laughs> uh, Stick figure orgy. Yeah. All right. You could do anything with that one, man. Yeah. This. Turn out. Somewhat proud father. <laughs> so. That sounds. Uh, that could be anything. That could be like an emo rap guy or. Yeah. Some, somewhat proud father coming to the stage next. Somewhat proud father. Yeah. That that would be a good uh, rap name if like your entire thing is you like rap in like khaki pants and a polo shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, so you just you just put words together and then you just go out and spit that idea and then go back and write it down. I I, I have the when I write this down, I have like the actual joke in my head. Like, I know the long version of all of it, but this is all I need for remembering it. Just remembering that I have a joke relating to this. Did you see that uh, that last Seinfeld uh, Netflix thing that he did? No. Where he, he, I think the idea was to, like, he's told, like, old jokes, like jokes that you've seen on the TV show and all that stuff. But he he has, like, a legal pad, papers of everything that he wrote, like, since the beginning. And he has a scene where, like, it covers, like, the whole New York street or whatever. And it's kind of, like, impressive. Like, he keeps everything. He has everything filed in folders and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's not your system. You just you no, it and I, forget about it. Or. I, I was never that good with just... It, it's not that I'm against that. That's how I wish I did it. But I just... You know, a lot of the times the jokes come to me while I'm driving, like in a car, and I've tried way too many times to be like, remember this joke until you can get to paper, remember this joke until you can get to paper, and it doesn't work. Yeah. So I just, you know, pull out my phone, write three words in this giant thing of notes. It's just one giant notes document that's just, each line is a different joke I need to remember. That's cool. Uh, and then you mentioned earlier that I wanted to bring back. I'm just going all over the place. I apologize. That's about all that. good. Uh, where you mentioned when in Vegas, you know, them being drunk helps with the comedy. Do you ever get any drunk hecklers? Have you ever had to deal with that? I've somehow always, you know, I've, I've had drunk hecklers to a degree. Never had somebody like so terrible where it's like, I feel like I'm ready to fight them after I get off stage. It's never been that bad. Typically, I, I feel as though I can do a good job sort of like winning the argument, but also not <laughs> starting shit, more shit. Yeah. But I, I remember one of my first experiences is I saw, I was at a show and I saw two drunk people in the crowd and I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be my first experience with drunk hecklers. Because they were heckling everybody, but the venue wasn't kicking them out. I was like, this is going to be my first experience with drunk hecklers. Oh, wow. I get up on stage, I do my entire set, they don't heckle me once, and then as I'm leaving, they just turn to me and like nod their heads and give me a thumbs up. <laughs> like I was the one person who won them over that night. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, 
I don't. I, I think it happened a couple of weeks ago, and I don't even know where it is. So it's a horrible story I'm getting into. But that one guy, I think it was in South Carolina. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, where the uh, a guy actually came up and was trying to punch him, and then he got the mic and trying to swing on him. And yeah, so you've never faced anything like that. I've, I've never. I've, I'm a pretty non-confrontational person. Yeah. So I've never really. So if somebody got up on stage to fight me, I'd probably just like apologize. <laughs> and that's funny. And that's also a good introduction of our uh, a description of your look as well. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I look very apologetic. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm apologetic, white, and there you go. egotistical. Uh, so two years. You're you're in it for two years. Do you have anything like a like an early bit or maybe a character that you tried or something that you you look back now and you're like that shit was fucking horrible or i regret that shit like what's the worst joke you you ever had oh worst joke that that would probably be something offensive um (laughs) that i i shouldn't say (laughs) but i guess the thing i regret it's a weird kind of regret because I I used to have in my set one magic trick. And the reason I regret it is, in my eyes, I should have either buckled down and become a comedian magician, or I should have never had that in the first place. Because there's just this weird magic trick in the, in the middle of my old set that doesn't do anything except just prove that I know this magic trick. What kind of magic trick was it? it? It was a card trick, which is terrible for the stage. Yeah, because you could only impress one person at a time with that. What What it was is, it, it was, uh, I could guess the card they were going to pick. And to make it funny, the caveat was, uh, I would always pick the biggest, strongest dude in the crowd. And I'd be like, if you land on this card, if this is the card you get, you have to say, John Tuttle, can I suck your dick? And the funnier than anything I actually did was just seeing these big, strong guys being like, I'm not saying that. Like, no. And none of them tried to fight you with, with that? <laughs> not, none of them tried to fight me. I, I don't... Because I, I was... I was If they didn't want to say it, I wasn't going to start anything. No, you have to say it. <laughs> And yeah. typically, without me having to do anything, it would be the crowd, like the entire crowd, that would be like chanting, "Say it." That, but I, I had to stop doing that because I started noticing a thing where occasionally these guys would be so embarrassed that they'd leave the show afterwards, mm. right after they got off stage. And I didn't want to do that to the comedians after me. Is walk part of the crowd? Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Uh, so what do you have going on now? Like you have you started this open mic that's every first Wednesday of the month. Or yeah, first Wednesday. Yeah, we we got the brick by brick variety mic uh, first Wednesday of every month. I'm I'm hosting it whenever I can, which I think is so far all the time. Can't think of any times that I can't get it right now. Also, I'm doing funniest in South Texas. My round is. February 27th at Improv Comedy Club at the River Center Mall. That's cool, yeah. I like that club. Yeah, it's fun. 
It's uh, I was there last week, and not a lot of people showed up except for like Friday, where we had like 150 people. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a crowd. I mean, I would think it's hard to get a crowd like during the week. I think uh, they started on a Tuesday or something, right? That first round was on a Tuesday. So fist rounds are going to be Tuesdays at um, Improv and Wednesdays at LOL. Typically what happens is on Tuesdays at Improv and Wednesdays at LOL, there's going to be some form of showcase or something like that. And if you want to like see what your like the local San Antonio comedy scene looks like, kind of see people coming up. Uh, most of the time, that's the best time to go. It's Tuesdays at Improv, Wednesdays at LOL. That's sort of how you get your, your taste for the local comedy scene. But up until the end of March, those showcases have been replaced with Funniest in South Texas rounds. So that's what it's going to be now. I don't. I, I didn't. I forgot to sign up last year. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. And what do you what do you get with that besides the title? I mean, the title itself is pretty impressive. But what else do you get with that? Uh, if you win, you get five hundred dollars and either a host week at both clubs or a feature week at both clubs, depending on what the, uh, you know. That's up to the the um, discretion of the the booking manager at the clubs, because you you have you win with uh, the last round's twelve minutes, so you do your best twelve minutes. If the manager thinks you like knows you and also knows you have thirty minutes, then you can get your two feature weeks. But if the manager doesn't really know you, then he's going to make you. Then your two weeks are going to be fifteen minute host sets. Oh yeah. So, that's that's cool, man. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, do you do uh, like I went to this uh, that live special taping uh, yesterday for Josh Cabaza? Uh, do you have anything set up like that, or have you done like a, a, a live taping or anything like that that uh, people I, could get? I I have a video on YouTube, John Tuttle stand up, which I released like a year ago. It's when I performed at Texas State University. I was performing in their bar that that was a fun show and you can go watch that video and i have no problem with people seeing that video because i don't think i do any of those jokes anymore (laughs) so if you if you want to get a taste of my comedy also you know i i have social media which is a better place for where i put my dates if i remember them yeah how often do you get up you do a lot of open mics you try to stay pretty busy with that uh, I, I do open mics when I can. Uh, lately, I, I have a lot of uh, showcases and club and road work that I do. So, I mean, there are occasionally times where I, I can't get out to an open mic. But, you know, I, I try to get out there when I can. Always try to grow. Yeah. Sometimes I'm tired, though. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do besides comedy? Uh, shit. <laughs> that's, that's the... I. It's just a boring day job, like, besides comedy. It's just, like, computer science. Yeah. I, I, I work in database development. Oh, yeah. Anything else for fun, though? Like, uh, 
bird watching? Do you do a lot of bird watching? Oh, I feel like I have hobbies and I can't remember what they are. Yeah, so they're probably not very strong hobbies of yours? No, <laughs> it's a lot of my day is sleep, work, sleep a little bit more, comedy, and then I try to watch a movie every night. I try to always watch a movie and think of my opinion of the movie and try to formulate it into the shortest possible sentence I can. Yeah. Like my my review for the the new Spider-Man movie, the Homecoming one is just Flash bullies Peter Parker cuz Peter Parker's better at math than him. <laughs> like that 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 was the most defining thing to me is that Flash doesn't like Peter Parker cuz Peter Parker's a better mathlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Uh, I thank you for doing this. Thank uh, you for having that me. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch up again later. Uh, again, man, if you want to let everybody know where, where to get a hold of you, uh, what's your, your social media and all that stuff? Uh, my Twitter is at E-L Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E. Uh, and my my Instagram, you might have fun with this. My Instagram is at Brotein Testosterone. I, I, I saw that. I wanted to ask you about that. Like. It was hard to find you on on Instagram and stuff, you know. Like, is that? Uh... It's I. I want part of me wants to change it for the professional aspect of this all, but I still love that name so much, <laughs> and I don't know what I'd do if I lost it. All it was it was just I had a friend, and she's like, I recently discovered that my my brother. His best friend is in his phone as protein testosterone. <laughs> and I was like, please text your brother right now and see if I have permission to use that as an Instagram <laughs> username. Uh, that's pretty funny, man. Uh, well, yeah, cool. Thanks again for coming on. Thank we'll you for having me. Later. Sounds right. good. We'll see you all later. Cool.